everyone, and welcome to the Battle to Be Trauma Transformation Podcast. And I have some very special guests with me here tonight, and I actually have two guests, even though you can only see one of them right now. We'll introduce you to our other one a little bit later. But we have with us tonight Gummy of the Paladins of Justice, and that's a 501c3 motorcycle club and they have an amazing mission that is in line with us so you're gonna have a really good time getting to know him and we also have in the background his wife <laughs> Andrea and she goes by Dexter and we'll tell you a little bit about her tonight as well and as we always do, why don't you tell us a little bit of your background and what got you interested in working for a cause that is focused on supporting our military and first responders? Uh, a little background about me. Um, second youngest of eight kids growing up. Obviously grew up uh, in a family with a lot of military and first responders in it. Uh, Graduated high school, spent about a year goofing off, and then I joined the Marines. Was in the Marines for about 12 years. Um, after I got out of the Marines, kind of, you know, fiddled around a little bit, figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, adjusting civilian life's a little rough, you know, those first couple years. But I fell into and fell in love with uh, becoming a first responder. So I worked as a paramedic for quite some time after I got out of the military. Never thought I would take that route, but I did. I loved it. I was good at it. Um, after that, retired out, um, moved down here to Texas in, what, 2011? 2011. Lived here when I was younger, came back, loved it, and just started slowly seeing, you know, different things happening in today's society. I would say about 2015, 2016, I got involved. Uh, I was riding with a, another uh, law enforcement motorcycle club. You know, and our mission was taking care of first responders and their families. Well, between my background and living in that first uh, responder community, you know, about 2018, 2019, you really started to see an uptick in first responder uh, losses and veteran losses and it was really about that time things started you know getting really bad in my eyes um was tending a lot of funerals of close friends close marines that i served with and it was around january february 2019 uh real good friend of mine had life going for him great you know had his own business Everything seemed like it was great. Got a phone call one day. He had hung himself in his garage. So at that point, I decided right there that I wasn't going to sit on the sidelines, that I needed to do something about it. So I started a nonprofit, uh, Pals of Justice. It's a law enforcement military motorcycle club. You know, we function as a nonprofit, 501c3, and we happen to ride motorcycles, and we love it. And it's a great mission. And so our main mission and our main slogan is end the silence. You know, uh, the main thing out there is that suicide is a taboo subject right now. And our focus is 
a lot of these suicides are happening because of the PTSD traumas and stuff like that, that people don't feel they have anywhere to turn to because, you know, you're dealing with stuff both from military life or even our current first responders. You know, they look at it, they have to constantly worry, okay, if I go to my chain of command, does that make me become damaged goods? Am I ever going to promote? Am I going to move up in my career? Well, what we do is we provide that safe haven for them. Um, they need counseling. We get them counseling. They just need a day to decompress. We take care of all that so that they get the help they need without it affecting their careers. That is such a big mission. And I've had the privilege of having long conversations with you guys and we are, we're on the same mission, which is why I wanted to have you on here so much. Uh, the big picture mission is even more spectacular. Like you guys recognize the team aspect of the, all this and how there's so few people out here on this same mission. And we all kind of have to get together and we all kind of have to work together if we really want to see some change. But the trick that, that you and I have both keyed into, which is super fun, is the amazing ability of vehicles to bring attention and be a conversation starter yeah. for the conversation that we're trying to have. So with the Jeep groups that I'm a part of and the motorcycles that you're a part of, it's a fantastic avenue for there's nothing more spectacular than a parade of you know 20 vehicles with right. the lights flashing and you've got everything going and people talk people want to know what it's about. That stuff. <laughs> right it's, it's fantastic so so i love your mission and i love what you're doing what do you guys have planned for uh let's back up a second because there's you guys have some really great news. You're growing and expanding. Yes. So tell um, us about that. As of last month, our, and then uh, they had their first event this past weekend, but as of this last month, our Georgia chapter is up and running. Uh, we're constantly expanding chapters across the nation. We're currently in the talks with uh, someone wanting to start a chapter in Florida, South Carolina, and out of Austin here in Texas. So yeah, we're always expanding. If you want to, if you love our mission and you know, you want to be a part of that mission and you want to start a chapter in your area, we're open to that. You can contact us through our website. Um, our main focus, we always say quality over quantity, you know, it's mission first and that's what we're looking for. But yeah, they're already, they hit the ground running, do amazing things. They had their first bike night this weekend made a lot of good contacts. They're very mission oriented. They support our mission hundred percent. And we're like, how can we help? And, and I'll actually be coming out here in September to visit. So you may see some things pop up and some footage of that. That would be awesome. So you recently had to change your patches. Yes, uh, we went from the Texas chapter. We are now the national mother chapter. So big things coming. Um, didn't expect it to happen when it did, but everything happens for a reason. And you just keep rolling with the mission as it comes along. And, and we're you're super excited about that. 
It is growth is amazing. Growth is so amazing. And you are married to yeah. you are married to a police officer. Yes. So what is it like to be a first responder married to a first responder? Uh, the really great part about it is there's a lot of understanding there. Um, for somebody who's like what she does, she does crime scenes. So she can be called out, um, you know, any in the middle of the night. Some people can't deal with that. Somebody coming from a first responder background, having to respond in the middle of the night understands that, hey, you have a job to do. It is what it is. You know, and then you also have somebody to talk to that's been in your shoes that understands, okay, I need to get this off my chest or, you know, you might say something and people may think it's more of it, but you crack a joke, but that's how you cope with it. You know, and it, that's just the nature of the beast. But I think it's good that we were able to feed off of each other and, you know, there's certain body language, certain things you can tell that it's like, you either give them their space or, hey, vent to me, go ahead and offload, get it off your chest, so to speak. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I feel like my husband and I are blessed in that area. Like, I think it's a perfect match because he was a smoke jumper firefighter and I worked in the emergency room and we get the humor thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, People but, think it's like, they're like, how can y'all think like that or say that? But that's how you cope with it. Right. And if you work a week in any of these environments, like work a weekend, volunteer at the, in the emergency room at a hospital for just a weekend and you'll understand. Like <laughs> you'll, you'll get that it's not, it's not that a lack of respect, it's literally just, a, it's, it's a culture, it's a way of life. Yep. So we, we kind of have our own language and to have and a, a coping mechanism. Yes, it is, it is totally a coping mechanism. So to have a partner that's right there with you and gets every level of that, the commitment, the dedication, the emotion, it's, it's phenomenal. And I, I don't meet a lot of couples that are both in, I meet a lot of couples where one is in and the other one is struggling to understand. So, right. so I highly recommend <laughs> if you're looking for a partner, look for a See partner in your industry, <laughs> <laughs> not in your office, but in your industry. Right. <laughs> That would, so, would, what's your answer to that? Do you want to hear her answer? What does she think? Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. She said, I, right the I wasn't listening. I mean, I was listening, but I was thinking something else. So what was the question? What do you think about being, like, what could you say about being married to someone who is also a first responder? It is definitely nice to have someone that understands that the phone may ring at any given time. Uh, we may have an event scheduled. We may be on a date and I have to leave. And he understands that and knows that I'm not always going to have my phone on me. I can't, for, I can't text you and talk about what's for dinner later. Like I've got a job to do. And, you know, fortunately my job right now with being in the crime scene time isn't really of the essence they're they're not going anywhere but still you know i've got to be able to do my job without any distractions and he gets that and yeah like you said you know there's things that even though i've been doing crime scene uh for about 15 years now there's still things that will bother me 
and he knows that, yeah, I either need to be left alone for a little bit or I need to vent about it. And he's real good at picking up on which one I need. And you have a celebration coming up as well that you are 20 years with the department. Is that yep. this uh, last, last week? I think it was, yeah, last week I hit 20 years. So it was not, uh, I started there for what was a summer job back in 2001 and just kind of never left. So uh, done a bunch of different things. I started out as a dispatcher. Um, I worked in the evidence room for several years was a supervisor of the evidence room and then moved over to crime scene and I've been doing that like I said the last few many years. So I'm actually on call right now. So if my phone rings and I have to leave, that's why. <laughs> so it's easy for you to support this mission. Definitely. Um you know it was something we talked a lot about. Um it wasn't just a hasty decision. Um there was a lot of a lot of thinking, a lot of um, trying to think of the word, not 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 necessarily praying all the, about it, but just a lot of internal. Is this something that we think we can take on? Is it worth the risk of all the added stress and whatever? But to know that we could potentially save, even if we just save one person's life, to me, you know, it's it's worth you know having to stop what I'm doing. You know, when we may be eating dinner late tonight because we're doing a podcast, you know, something like that. It's, it's it's a give and take. And it, like I said, if we save one person, then it's worth it for me. So. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to be on camera more than I do. No, I don't. <laughs> so what is, I know you have some events coming up. You're planning a really big one for next year. What do we have coming up that's a, the big deal for next year? Um, for next year, we haven't set a date yet, but we're planning our big yearly bash. Um, don't know where it's going to be or who's all going to be there, but it's in the works now. Um, we do have a, a kind of a big deal event coming on September 11th, which everybody knows this year's the 20th anniversary. Obviously, September 11th affected not only just our military, but our first responders, you know, firefighters, police officers, EMS workers that we lost in the World Trade Center collapses and stuff like that. So we're going to have a little event at a Dry Creek Social Club in Richmond, Texas. Um, we currently have a raffle going on for our mission that we're raffling off a brand new uh, Harley Davidson Lowrider uh, S. It's a 2020 model brand new uh second prize is a thousand dollars and third prize is five hundred dollars so on september 11th we're going to be holding and drawing for those prizes on a live event on all of our platforms that is going to be amazing and it's a beautiful bike oh it's a gorgeous bike if i didn't have one you know <laughs> i'd have two but <laughs> But yeah, if anybody's interested in person, we're only selling a thousand tickets. We have about four or five hundred left. Um, they're fifty dollars, and if anybody wants one, they can go to our website and purchase them right there on the website. And that's what is your website? Uh, Pals of Justice, L E M M C dot com. Perfect. 
and that you brought up September 11th. Um, yeah. I just want to mention uh, an officer from the NYPD that just succumbed to his cancer that was associated with 9-11. So just a shout out to, to the family and the officers that supported Johnny William Lawrence through his struggle. And we remember you and he is on our, he's the first person who's going to receive our honor, remember plaques as soon as we get those coins in. So um, that is already in the works. And it is so amazing because now we're hearing about those, those deaths and yeah. those effects are starting to show themselves and the conversations are coming out of not only the sacrifices that were made at the time, but the sacrifices that are still being made. Yeah. So we don't think in our daily lives, we don't think about the, we see the numbers of suicide and we see the numbers of people who are shot in the line of duty and think, and the accidents that happen in the line of duty. But what we don't see and what we don't consider is the not being home for dinner and the kids that don't see their parents for weeks at a time and all of those other sacrifices that people make. So this work is for all of those right. sacrifices. This work is to thank everyone for everything, not just the obvious. And that's the, that's the thing too, is, you know, a lot of us just go through our daily lives on a daily basis. And it's like, okay, gotta go to work, gotta pick up groceries or milk at the store or whatever. But you know, there's men and women out there on a daily basis that are holding that line, that are risking their lives every day, seeing some of the most horrific things they, that anybody could see that a lot of, you know, the general public doesn't see, will never have to see. They see it on a daily basis. You know, that stuff adds up and it can take a toll at any given time. Um, so, yeah, you know, we don't often think about, you know, the people that are out there holding the line, what they're dealing with on a daily basis. And the lack of respect. That's a topic that we don't talk about very often here because we don't get too political. But... For me, I'm just going to say it, I think it's an embarrassment that we can't at least say thank you. That yeah. anyone, anyone out there serving the public, there needs to be some respect. At least a little respect. So there was my mean, nasty shout out for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a screenshot of the current numbers this year where we're at. Oh my gosh, it depends on which agency you're looking at. The last I looked, we had almost 4,600 military personnel. We had 47 cops killed in the line of duty and 49 suicides. We're, I believe we're up over that for officers. I believe we're up over 100 already this year. Uh, let me check real quick. I love the fact check. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, real a, good, a real good website I go to that is Officer Down Memorial page. That is uh, 
um, tracked by the uh, National Fallen Officers Memorial out of Washington, D.C. So, yeah, so far this year, we have 161 line of duty deaths this year. And I believe we're up to about 79 uh, suicides, you know, for uh, police officers and first responders. And that's the thing is, too, not a lot of people understand either that those are only the ones that are reported. Not all first responder suicides are reported. So the numbers could be substantially higher. But obviously, we want to try to get those down to zero. Right. We'd love to. Because one is too many. And, and like you said, you know, with the military, you know, there was for a while there, it was, you know, we were losing 22 a day. I want to say, I believe that number's doubled by now where we're losing more than that a day. I think they've changed the way they report it. So they're still right now saying that, but they're not counting a bunch of different things. So the reports are a little fuzzy on what the actual numbers are there. But I mean, obviously with COVID, and the numbers haven't come in from 2020 yet. Right. So with COVID, we have to expect that those numbers are going to increase just by virtue of people being stuck at home, isolated yeah. and not having access to, to the community that is so important. Um, that is another thing that people don't understand, especially about military personnel is that they, they lose self-identity. So in a lot of cases, what keeps military personnel comfortable and feeling like life is okay is still having their brothers and sisters in arms. Yeah, that, that camaraderie, that camaraderie. You know, that unit, basically. You know, right. yeah, and when you're segregated or separated from that, you know, it, it doesn't sit well with many people. Yeah, the, the potential trauma for just that situation is, is going, we're going to see the, the negative impacts of that soon. Um, I think we're going to know the, the full, the full scale of how bad this last year has been for, for our folks, sadly. Um, yeah. We're going to see those effects for a little while too, I think. Yeah. So we were talking about a big picture of hopefully at some point, creating a long-term recovery center of sorts. Yes. That, is, that is the the big picture. You know, the ultimate goal is to create a foundation and, like you said, a long-term recovery center for these guys where, you know, they don't have to worry about the financial burden, this and that. It's like, here's your program. We're here to help. Here are the tools. We're going to help you succeed. And that's the main thing because – you know, a lot of these men and women coming out, they're just lost when they come out. It's like, okay, you know, thank you for your service. Welcome back to the, you know, civilian world. Have fun. And that's it. And, and that's just the truth of it. You know, there's very little, there's very little integration back into society. You know, and some people aren't handling that well. They're not able to cope with it well. They don't know where to turn to for resources for help. You know, so then they start to think, okay, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm messed up or, you know, maybe I'm a burden. And this, and that's where they start getting to that self-doubting and thinking, oh, well, maybe the world would be better without me. And so we want to change that. We want to say, hey, if you come out and you're struggling, come see us. We're going to help you get on your feet. We're going to 
give you that helping hand. We're going to be there to see you through the process the whole way. Right. Are you thinking about doing that in Texas? Obviously, yeah, we'll start it here in Texas, but I'd love to do it nationwide. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, you know. Develop a new program. Yep. Gotta have big, gotta have a big why, gotta have a big dream. Definitely. And it's like, hey, you know, this, this started out with a, a need and an idea and something I was passionate about. And look where we are, you know, two and a half years later, you know, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn when I set myself a goal, you know, I do what I got to do to achieve it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you and I are a lot alike and you inspire me because there are moments, there are days when I'm like one person can't change the world. And then there are moments and there are days when I'm like, that's bull. <laughs> like one person, one person with passion and persistence and a really loud mouth can yeah. absolutely change the yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, you know, just by, you know, being there and listening to somebody or, or giving them hope, you know, you could change their whole world, you know, and, and that's the thing is, you know, if we got to do it one at a time, we'll do it one at a time, but be damned, we're going to do it regardless. That's where I'm at. I'm seeing what happens. I am at the six month stage and I've been doing it one at a time, like, because I do direct, direct work right. with individuals. So I actually get to work hands on with them in, in their healing journey. But because I took that advice and just did the one at a time without focusing on the big picture, even though the big picture is always there, it, it grows on its own momentum and it builds by itself. And all of a sudden you look up from your one at a time and realize you've got an entire team behind you. Yeah. And that's when it becomes real. That's just kind of where I'm at right now going as I'm looking around going, oh my gosh, there's actually a team here. There's actually like, it's not just me. I'm not fighting this alone. We don't have to do it by ourselves. Yeah, and that's the thing too, you know, I, you know, Andrew and I weren't able to do this ourselves. We had an amazing team behind us. Uh, all the members of our current national chapter are just some of the most amazing men and women, and they come from all backgrounds that we've got to work with. They were so focused on the mission. Many of them have sacrificed their own personal time for the mission, and, you know, and they're still like, okay, where do we get next? Okay, we hit this bar, you know, give us the next, you know, task that and hurdle that we got to take on. And you can't do it alone. You know, it, you need a team and you need a great team that, you know, is of the same mind as you to really succeed. And, you know, we lucked out, we have some really good people, you know, that we team up with. We have some really good, you know, companies and, sponsors stuff that we partner with that just love the mission and it, there's that mutual support there and couldn't ask for a better group of people it's basically like a family you know we refer to ourselves as a family it's beautiful i can't wait to see what 
kind of magic we work together in the future. So oh yeah, everybody better prepare. We're coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So anything, do you want to do a shout out to any of your sponsors? Um, what do you think? Yeah. Um, obviously we like to thank, uh, relentless defender apparel. They're out of Richmond, Texas. They're a, uh, apparel. Well, they're, they call themselves not just an apparel company. Their slogan is wear with purpose. Um, both, uh, Slater and Danny are, uh, he's retired police officer. She's currently is still a police officer and they've given back, I think to date, $1.7 million back to the first responder community because they are so passionate about it. They try to fill that void that, you know, the other, uh, things don't fill. Um, I send a shout out to, uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. They were one of our sponsors this year and Clark's Armory. Awesome. Beautiful. And how can people get a hold of you if they want to know more? Uh, they can reach us on our uh, Facebook page, our Instagram page, TikTok, <laughs> um, or our direct website, which is Pals of Justice, L-E-M-M-C.com. Perfect. Anything that you want to say to my people and your people out there in listening land? Um, we got to end the silence. We've got to make this subject not taboo. Anybody can help. Anybody can make a difference, you know, whether it's your time, whether you want to donate money to either one of these great organizations, you know, all you, nobody's ever going to say, no, you can't help. You know, if you want to help, just reach out to each one of our organizations. You may be the difference for somebody. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming out here tonight. Both no, of you. Thank you for having us. It's an honor. And everybody out there, be safe. Have an amazing night.